you're just going to live with a, you know, a slight knot there. Well, right beside it, this past July, there was like a grape popping up. And I didn't think much about it. I was like, well, that's just part of the hematoma moving around or something. But I asked them while I was in the hospital in July, I said, what about this right here? It's just a little bitty bump. And they said, well, he ran the ultrasound over it. The technician did. He said, well, it's got its own blood supply. I do know that. Mm. He said, just keep an eye on it. So about two weeks later, now it's the size of a golf ball. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number 253. We are powered by DeerCast. You're Tim Chelswick. You are Matt Drury. Always have been. <laughs> Always will be, unfortunately. <laughs> There's no getting away from you. The one Drury that just can't kill a booner. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. You keep wishing on that rainbow. I, I got one. Yeah. I'll take it. It's maybe the last one. You know, you could always just name a buck Booner, whether he's big enough or and not. And then you say you kill the Booner. Uh huh. Maybe this year we should both name <laughs> Dear Booner. I'm going to do that. And I got one that I've already named John Doe. Oh. He's the John Doe buck. Nice. I got one that's called General Sausage, my son. Yeah, named that's him. disturbing to me. <laughs> it was the first deer we got a picture of, a first buck we got a picture of on the new farm I just purchased. Sure. And I, I showed the kids. I'm like, all right, Cam, you're going to name it. He's like, General Sausage. I'm like, oh, crap. It <laughs> <laughs> was like that boat that they crowdsourced the name. They ended up naming the this, this ship Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> so. well, before we get too far into our shenanigans, yeah. we have an awesome guest. We got absolutely. We got Travis T Bone Turner, Mr. Bone Collector. Yeah, so he's gonna talk. He's gonna talk about the most difficult thing he's experienced in his life to date, and that is joining our Zoom meeting today for the podcast. (laughs) And then if there's time after that, we'll talk about the other plight that he's going (laughs) through. Uh, It was we had an interesting, basically 30, 40 minutes to try to to try to get rolling, but we got there. Yeah. So so we're gonna bring T Bone on. Then we'll get to the shout outs and uh, all that great stuff later on in the show. So T Bone, man, thanks so much for joining us. We're so glad to see you. Oh, absolutely, guys. My pleasure. It's always a, a a, a good time when we get to chat and catch up and uh yeah no and thanks for having me on really yeah. so you know as as anybody that's following along on social media has probably seen or heard or read you've had a recent uh bout with cancer very serious uh rare form of cancer you did michael's uh podcast uh, uh bone to pick and kind of went through it. And you also had a very heartfelt message on uh, Instagram and social media to, to any of you, you know, the followers out there that, that wanted to, you know, follow along on this journey. You've been very open about it. So I know Mark Drury had, had FaceTimed you the other day and, and said what great spirits you were in and said, Hey, it'd be great to catch up with you on the podcast and see how everything's going post-surgery. So I'd say kind of give us a backstory for those that, that are living on a rock and may not have heard kind of what happened and what's led to uh, your recent surgery. Yeah, so um, back in the summertime, um, I had gotten bit by a tick and it become infected on my left leg. This was in July. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and it, it was it was more than what we could, uh, the antibiotics, you know, in pill form was, was uh not able to knock it out so i went to the hospital emergency room and you know i'm really good friends with my primary care doctor i mean like he's a hunter we're good friends and he said yeah let's just go ahead and uh, get you in there and we'll get you on some uh you know iv antibiotics and we'll knock this thing out because it had become infected it bit me on the side of the heel 
on my left leg. Well, while I was in there, naturally, if you got anything going on with your legs and stuff, it's just protocol that they're going to do ultrasounds on your legs to make sure that there's no blood clots, no things that, you know, it's just checking off the things that are going, going on with you. Well, my right leg on my shin, I've had a hematoma there for probably 10 or 11, 12 years. I fell while I was hunting in Wisconsin long time ago and i landed I, I fell not out of a tree i just fell in it was like two foot of snow and a mm-hmm. georgia boy can't even walk in one inch of snow <laughs> much less two foot and i fell over on a stump on my shin it didn't break the skin but it just like knocked it real hard like getting hit with a baseball bat so anyway i came back had it all checked out and they said look man it's just a hematoma it's not a blood clot mm-hmm. you're just gonna have to deal with it if anybody's ever got whacked real good and a big bad bruise they know what i'm talking about well they, and they said it may last five, 10 years. You know, it may be there for a long time, but it's you know not anything serious. But uh, you're just going to live with a, you know, a slight knot there. Well, right beside it, this past July, there was like a grape popping up. And I didn't think much about it. I was like, well, that's just part of the hematoma moving around or something. But I asked them while I was in the hospital in July, I said, what about this right here? It's just a little bitty bump. And they said, well, he ran the ultrasound over it. The technician did. He said, well, it's got its own blood supply. I do know that. He said, just keep an eye on it. So about two weeks later, now it's the size of a golf ball. So I go to my primary care and I'm, you know, I'm all taking care of my left legs good with the infection from the tick. And I said, look at this. And he goes, he goes, probably nothing, but we need to keep an eye on it. So another week or two and it's done growed some more. And he goes, man, we need to get you to a specialist, figure out what's going on. You know, I'm thinking just, this is just a redneck version of pimple popper, probably some (laughs) type of cyst issue. We're going to go in there and lance it, pop it out, you know, like a old man get boils on their butt. We, that's what we figured it's going to be is like just something on your shin. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my uh, other doctor friend, and actually he's really good friends with uh, uh, Wade, you know, the guy that uh, takes, you know, it's uh, Dr. Ralston Majors. And uh, you may have met him, Matt, but uh, anyway, him and Wade, and he was roommates with Dustin Lynch yeah. in, in college. So anyway, uh, him and Wade are good friends and text all the time. And, you know, he's a doctor down here. So um, and he's a hunter. And, and I got referred to him because he's a, a surgeon. Well, anyway, we, we uh, he looked at it and said, you know, he goes, yeah, we need to, probably nothing to it, but we need to do a, a biopsy. So by the time we got ready to do the biopsy, we were lining that up because we did an MRI. We did uh, scans on it. And they say, well, it's larger than what we can see. So it's, a, you know, it's inside your leg quite a bit. Mm-hmm. said, but we got to do a biopsy. By the time we got to the biopsy part, it had already busted through my skin. Mm-hmm. So these Jeez. things were growing at a, an alarming rate. So it's now it's about the size of a tennis ball, Jeez. and it's busted through the skin and bleeding often. And uh, we did the biopsy in his office. You know, Dr. Major said, no, we don't need to wait anymore. I said, no, let's get let's find out what this thing is. Mm-hmm. And uh, sent it off, and it took, you know, eight days to find out what it was. And uh, it came back. It was fibrosarcoma. <laughs> which fibrosarcoma is a cancer that is extremely rare usually only happens with guys over 50 and um there's about 15,000 cases per year and it's you know it's it's usually in your shoulder like your neck or your below your knees so uh then he he referred me to emory the windship cancer center which is in atlanta which is you know that they're well versed with sarcoma um we looked at md anderson which is out in houston and we also looked at the mayo clinic which they're all pretty well versed with sarcoma, but a lot of these cancer treatment centers and stuff are good with cancer. But as we all know, we all affected by cancer in some form or fashion that it's, uh, 
you know, there's certain ones that do better than others. So mm-hmm. we felt pretty good having one here in Atlanta. Plus it's close, easy to travel to. And I felt good about it because it was a team thing, not just me and one doctor and that person deciding these people meet every week. There's a team of, you know, five to 10 doctors that are all putting their input and their specialty in there and deciding uh, what to do. So we, uh, it took them before we could act on it. I'm thinking like, okay, it's sarcoma. Let's just dig that thing out of there. Let's go ahead and cut it out and get on recovery. This is in October. But they said, they said, no, we can't do that. We, we don't need to react. We need to think and come up with a good game plan. So they sent it off. There's about 60 different types of fibrosarcoma. They wanted to narrow it down to, they wanted to try to find out which one it was because if they do some type of chemo treatment for the leg and or most sarcomas, once they move, they go to your lungs. And after doing a CAT scan, I did have a nodule on my lung, or I still do actually. They don't think it's cancer, but nonetheless, because it was a nine millimeter size, they had to, you know, they had to be uh, cautious of it. Mm -hmm. So they said, well, before we go to operating on your leg, you know, whether we try to remove the tumor or amputate or anything like that, we got to make sure the rest of your body's cleared because there's no need in working on your leg if you're eat up with cancer in your insides. So we're going to do the chemo treatment. And it's it was real aggressive. I didn't realize till after the fact how aggressive it was, but they put me on two types of chemo and they would admit me into the hospital. So I'd go to the hospital for five days and get chemo pumped into me nonstop for five days, whereas most people go to an infusion center they get it for two or three hours and then they go straight home they never stay in the night but i mean i'm not saying these things for sympathy or anything like that i'm just letting guys letting folks know what was going on they they basically was taking me to death's door killing all the cells in your body yeah. and then you know reviving me back after the fact so we did that several times but the whole time this thing is growing like crazy now by the end of uh, we did our brotherhood bash and i went to it i really shouldn't have and uh i you know i knew i had cancer and there was two or three people knew throughout the month of october but like michael nick i never let them know until like i wasn't we did our brotherhood bash and i went to it and you know i'm having to change dressing like three times a day it's mm-hmm. oozing and it's just nasty i mean it's really it's three portobello mushrooms you know this big oh. uh you know, size of softballs and i it got to the point that was about the last time I could wear jeans. Jeans wouldn't even go over it. I was having to start to wear sweatpants. We're still fighting it, but um, nonetheless, it was troublesome. So I finally told, at this point in time, you know, I'm a, I'm a little concerned for sure. sure. You know, I'm not knowing what's going on. So I'm like, how do we, you know, I just don't want folks finding out and then rumors going crazy. So we kept mm-hmm. it to our core friends, you know, less than 20 people less than you know family members and you know just told them you know let's just you know not that we don't want people to know it's just now's not the time let's let's fight this and get a little better grasp on it so that's what we did is we went all the way through to the end of the year and knowing that amputation was going to have to be where it was but the chemo um you know the chemo that was that was rough man anybody going through chemo gosh that's it's rough um I mean, I don't care about the losing the hair or nothing yeah. like that. It's just, uh, it, it just beats you down. I mean, you feel like a, to take this from Michael's uh, vocabulary, you feel like a cat turd rolling cracker crumb for <laughs> nonstop. 
And I'm so, sure uh, during that period, the the support you're getting from your wife and your son and, and the guys, you know, that core group of 20 people, I'm sure, you know, the support, yeah. it's great. But at the end of the day, nobody can fight the fight but you and your your body yeah. is the one that has to take all the punishment. And that's, I'm sure, can feel pretty lonely in that regard you know because you're going through something yeah. where basically i mean chemo they're killing they're killing you killing you. you know and that's it's a very very tough thing to go through i'm i can only imagine yeah and and you know i had great spirits about it and it wasn't like i was down in the dumps all fall long or anything mm-hmm. like that I had good spirits about it and uh you know the doctors were real reassuring my wife was absolutely wonderful and and my son as well and uh um it you know People start asking because, you know, we are in the public eye, you know, like, where's T-Bone? He didn't go to Kansas this year. Why ain't you hunting here? You know, people are starting to ask questions. And it's and I could see that it was getting rough for all my friends because they're asking, you know, they're asking Michael, Nick, you know, my close friends, what's wrong with T-Bone? Why ain't done this? Or So uh, I knew it uh, eventually, you, you know, you're going to have to tell somebody. And it's not that I'm ashamed of it or anything like that. But when we got to the end of the year, we pulled, we knew it was time for amputation, but in order to do an operation, you have to have six weeks clear of chemo. You can't just like mm. quit chemo. I was, I was in the hospital on Christmas day and, uh, we pulled off of chemo right there before the end of the year. And, um, so now it's a waiting game. We, we set the surgery for February 7th. We're waiting for the chemo to clear so that you can have a good recovery because you know, mm-hmm. the chemo can affect that. So, uh, during that time, you know, each day I was getting to feel a little bit more like myself. I wasn't so beat down and tired. And, and I said, you know, just before surgery, I think it's going to be a good time to let everybody know it's going to. And, and I wanted to do a post. It, I hope nobody, nobody uh, takes that as a sympathy because, you know, things can get mis- misconstrued on social media about your intent of why you're posting something. But mm-hmm. I wanted people to know to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. I, w- I wanted to make sure that I had a good description. If you can go back and look at that, if you'd like to, but I wanted everybody to know exactly what was going on because rumors will fly everywhere, you know, yeah. almost like a Ferris Bueller's day off gone crazy, you know, where yeah. oh, you hear, you know, T-Bone's, T-Bone's going to die in March or April. And I wanted to, there to be awareness, not necessarily, you know, I didn't, I, I expected a lot of love and a lot of, thoughts and prayers coming back but no way did i expect what you know everybody done it's just uh, just an amazing group of folks um and uh it, it makes me you know i've always been one to share you know always smile always try to be upbeat no matter what's going on try to take the positive road i've always mm-hmm. been that type of person i mean everybody has poopy days you know no matter what yeah. but for the most part i've always tried to be that way and treat people right not burn bridges and boy that was just a reality check hmm. that man you know from for my 50 year old butt i I've, I've been doing things right you know what i mean i've been treating people right and you get so much love back you it know? was unbelievable the outpouring i mean everybody and everybody that you've come into you know uh, contact with over the years and and it just it was pretty heartwarming just as an outsider looking in to mm-hmm. look at that 
you know, outpouring of love and say, okay, you, you got an army behind you here. And, and, you know, you, you, you were going through a lot of this on your own and, and relatively alone, but now, you know, Hey, to the second phase of it, you got an army of people behind you to, to, to help root you on. And I'm sure the power of positivity and, and prayer for, for many folks that, that does affect your mentality in general. Like, all right, I got it. And you're a positive person yeah. anyways. So I'm, I'm sure that was pretty uplifting. It is. And I've always been wired as a people pleaser, you know, almost to a fault, meaning like if I'm in a group or in camp or whatever, it's more important to me that everybody else is happy and having a good time mm-hmm. more so than me. You know, like uh, it, it brings me down when someone else is having a bad time. So going through this, I'm like, I'll be okay. I, I spent more time like with my core people, you know, even though, you know, I felt really rough. I, I wanted to make sure like Waddell and I, I mean, it, it meant a lot to me to let those people know that things were okay. I mean, everything was going okay. So um, anyway, and it just continued that. It's just like, man, there's just so many. And, it, and it'd be real easy for me to say, yeah, man, you know, a lot of people commented and so many people texted and called and reached out and everything. And, you know, sometimes you tell someone you love them or you say thoughts and prayers and there's not really no sincerity to it. Or you see that a lot, you know, mm-hmm. throughout social media. Cause, but I, I can honestly tell you, I, I, I felt that. I mean, it was, it felt sincere to me that people really felt that way. So, that was really uplifting. Like you said, Matt, it was real positive and uplifting. So, and still is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't just a one day. I mean, it's a, it's like an ongoing saga. People, you know, reaching out, how you doing? I mean, I get hundreds of texts every morning, Mm -hmm. you know, inspirational things and people saying, Hey, and, and I've tried to pride myself in, you know, getting back to everybody and stuff like that. Cause it all means a lot to me, no matter who you are. Yeah, and it's kind of tough when you're a when you're a selfless person, when you're a people pleaser. Like you just don't you don't think of yourself as someone who really impacts people, and you probably have lesser of a view than others have. And it, sometimes it's tough when it takes something really serious to realize. Just and, and T Bone, you are one of the most beloved people in the outdoor space. I mean. It's, it's incredible how much people love you. And it's, it's like the post you had, the, the social post you had was very classy, was very like, I'm opening myself up here. Here's what's going on. I'm letting you on the inside. Didn't have to do it. It was a really classy thing to do. And, um, and I think it, it's, it's almost you gave people an opportunity to finally give back. Like you've given so much to so many people and they feel almost like an indebtedness to you because of what everything you've done. And it's nice to give people a chance to show how much they care. So I, I think you definitely did your due diligence and then some. And, uh, and, and hopefully you, you, you kind of get the scope of how much people love and respect you. Oh yeah. And it goes the same way. I feel the same way about those, you know, all the people as well. And I think it's just good in this day and age, you know, with all the things, you know, between political stuff and man, all the negative stuff you can get rutted in. I think it makes people, I mean, well, it makes me feel great. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, but like you said, it it makes them, those people feel, you know, it brings the humanity back, you know, and uh, you know, it, it strengthens not to sound cliche, but the brotherhood of the outdoors and all of the, you know, that goes, goes with that. I mean, it's, uh, there, there are no boundaries. It's like, we are, we are that like-minded person and stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, I hated it, it had took something like yeah. this, but it sure did, sure. sure did feel, feel good. And, uh, 
but you know, Hey, we're over the hump now. We're, we're, uh, minus the old leg. And, uh, I, you know, the first report, I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you guys. I didn't share it with nobody else, but fibrosarcoma doesn't act real well to chemo, but you know, um, and it's always a you know to this day they don't know which type of fibrosarcoma they just narrowed it down from the 60 that there are mm -hmm. to like it's one of these 20 so we're going to try this type of chemo and uh the 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 two oncologists the the surgical oncologist and the the chemo oncologist both were just giddy as all get out this was tuesday before last about 10 days ago say they came in and said look here's the report once you know they did a biopsy on my leg after they cut it off and uh, and uh, they said that 99.3% of all the cancer in my leg was dead, killed it all. Mm, oh. So that, that the chemo was that successful. And they were actually stunned by that, which tells them that if the nodule that's in my left lung, it's tiny now. It's, mm -hmm. It went from a nine to a six. So it's about the size of your, you know, your pinky finger now. If that not, and people have nodules all the time, you know, I mean, it, you know, everybody has a nodule of some sort, but they got to be, they got to look at it. We without, he don't, they don't think it's cancer at all, but without doing a biopsy, they can't say it's not cancer. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a CAT scan and stuff March 15th. But to let you know, if that cancer in my, if it is cancer in my lung and it was the same type that was in my leg, odds are that the chemo took care of it. Done. Awesome. And so we should be good. Now that doesn't mean that I couldn't have, some other type of cancer pop up in three months, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, it, you, you never know. Nobody's guaranteed. I mean, you guys could come down with it next month. It, it, it just happened. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, now the focus is on recovery. I just got my staples out of my incision in my leg on Tuesday. We're waiting till Monday. And then now we're going to start forming my stump, so to speak, so that we can get fitted for a prosthetic. So it's just a waiting game right now. It's going to probably be another month, month and a half before I can do that. And because it's my right leg, I can't drive. Mm. So, you know, I can't operate anything. And even before I tried driving with my left foot reaching over and, you know, you've trained your brain for so many years to drive with your right foot. Man, oh, yeah. that's tough. I'm, that was an accident waiting to happen. So I just got to wait till I get my prosthetic leg. And so many people, you know, wounded warriors and stuff have reached out for support as far as, you know, what you're going to be going through and, uh, the biggest thing that I'm dealing with is not really pain with my incision, but it's called phantom pain. Mm. Like my foot. I mean, it is real. People was telling me about it and I thought, yeah, I can see the way you think you're, but I can pinpoint within the size of a BB pain in my foot that ain't even there. Like, and it's constant. It's just constant. Like there's constant pain. Like someone poking a steak knife in your foot oh. or your foot will go to sleep. Like a lot of times I'll feel like my right foot is asleep or I feel like I'm swinging it off a tailgate and there is no leg there at all, period. And, and I, I don't know how that works, but is man. that due to the, the nerves and just kind of, you know, what the message that kind of goes from your brain down to your, you know, through the nerves and it, and it's just, I guess there's nowhere for it to go or route to at that point. Or like, how does that, I wonder <clears> how that works. Well, they explained it to me that it's not getting any feedback, meaning like, Hey, there, you know, we got an incision in your leg and I'm fired. The brain fires off, uh, you know, Hey, let's, let's check on the big toe. How's old big toe doing? And then it doesn't get any feedback. So there it says mm. it, it, it sends a hurting type feeling it says like warning, check your big toe warning, check your foot. And, uh, the, the people have told me that if you'll just rub your incision, like the nub, just even just touch, just 
just barely just touch it, you'll you'll give your brain some feedback and you won't have those. And it worked. Wow. And they said to look in a mirror and rub your good leg. Like when you're having pain, if you'll rub your good leg and your brain will see that you're touching your good leg and it'll tell your brain not to send those signals, everything's fine. Wow. So, so how yeah. long do the phantom, you know, those phantom feelings happen? I mean, is that, is there a general timeline that they have for you? Like how long that continues? They said they'd probably get a little better, but, um, a lot of the guys that, you know, first hand have told me, they said, they don't, they don't go away. They, hmm. you feel some sort of, you know, ghost pain or feel like your foot's still there your whole life. Wow. So there's been a lot of times I've gotten up out of bed, you know, to, you know, to, you know, I got to get in a walker and go to a porta potty or go to the bathroom and, and I'll get up and, and, you know, you really got to think hard. Like I'll try to take a step with my right foot and there's no leg there. You know, it's, you're going to fall over. You, you take it for granted how standing on two legs is, it can be so good balance wise. So, so yeah. what's, what's next? Like re I'm sure you're rehabbing. Well, I've seen the social posts and stuff you're, you've rehabbed and I'm, I'm sure that continues on and, and, and will for a while, especially once you get fitted for the prosthetic and learn how to walk with that. And I mean, what's, what's next for you in general? The, the basically that's it. You know, they, they, um, I had like 10 days of rehab according to them. I did real good. Um, you know, as far as, you know, learning and, and I guess I got that, you know, build a better mousetrap engineer type of mind. Hmm. Me and my buddy, Brian, we've done been, we, we, you know, I've built a ramp. I haven't, but they built a ramp for me on the back of the house. You know, we're trying to get things fitted. Um, I was, you know, my wife has an Equinox car and, uh, you know, I wanted to ride in my truck, you know, I got a truck and, but it's so, you know, it's not jacked up. It's just standard trucks today are a little higher. Mm -hmm. If I can get my butt cheek on it, I can get on it. So we devised a wooden block. So I, pull up to it on the wheelchair, stand up on the wooden block. Mm. And then, you know, that jacks me up and then I can get in the truck. So, you know, we're just devising things like, uh, actually today I'm going to go, uh, I'm, I'm going to ride the four wheeler. So <laughs> I'm going shed hunting on the four wheeler. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm good, good spirits and patient as Joe, but I'm tired of staring at the four oh. walls. I, I got to get out some, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, Nothing. but I'm, I'm doing good. To answer your question, though, Matt, that's what we're doing. It's just, it's a waiting game, meaning like I got to be careful. With, I can't do too much on this incision, even though it's healed, mm-hmm. staples are out. Um, it need, needs to heal more. We're going to start shaping it. It's going to take about a month. Then we'll start trying uh, a prosthetic. And then hopefully I can get a little, you know, I'll be a little more free with a prosthetic once I get it. But in the meantime, I'm hobbling with a walk or some. And, and see, I went in with the, the rehab. I'm like, I'm fixing to pull a Rocky Balboa. I went in there. I'm like, I'm fixing to show these folks, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy, but I got a little bit of strength to them. I was getting ready to work out, show them and everything. They said, just pump the brakes, bud, because mm. this is the mindset you need to have. We appreciate your eagerness and your positive, but you got to save what you got. Meaning like if you're trying to do box jumps up onto eight inch boxes and trying to jump upstairs at, at your size and age, you blow your knee out, your good knee or your mm-hmm. ankle, then you're yeah. down for good. So you got to conserve what you do have good. You can't blow your shoulders out. You got to, you know, be, and I'm like, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah. uh, and I had another eye opening experience Tuesday when we got my staples out, we were leaving and the, uh, I, I was getting up in the truck and, uh, the stool that I was on to get up on the box to get in the truck. Uh, we was in Atlanta 
it, it, it was on, it had metal feet on it and it was on brick pavers and it slid right out from underneath me. And that down I went cause I wasn't grabbing onto anything Oof. or I didn't have my foot planted. So splat, I'm out there in the parking lot in the valet line at the hospital. And, uh, then it was a reality check. It's like, you know, I can't roll over on my knees because mm. I can't compromise my knee. Yeah. So we had to have four or five folks and, you know, we, we got stood back up and luckily I didn't damage my knee or anything. And that stuff, you know, it's like you said, the reality check of you, you have a big heart. You said, I'm a big guy. You got a bigger heart and you got the mindset, but the reality is like, there are limitations, right? And so it's a matter of learning your limitations and, and yeah. not going too fast to something or mm -hmm. taking your time. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's just going to be any man, <laughs> you, you know, you're just like, I got it. I got it. But that's something that I'm sure just takes a little bit to say, you know what? All right. I got to take my time or I might need a little help, you know, with this or that or the other. And it's just, yeah. is what it is. That, that very thing yeah. happened. Go ahead, Debone. Sorry. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. I'm just, yeah, that's exactly right. It's just, it's a, uh, it's just a learning curve and learning to, to be okay with saying, you know what, I need a little help right here mm -hmm. or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, close friends have been uh, amazing with that. I'm just, I'm just trying to be patient and waiting for the prosthetic. And I know life's going to be different from now on, but that doesn't mean that there ain't, you know, it's not over. <laughs> climbing a skid steer if i can get on a tractor if i can get in a blind or crawl up in a you know a hunting blind or or, or you know i know i can still shoot a bow mm -hmm. so uh you know I, you know i don't i'm not asking like man i'm never gonna get to go you know do that moose hunt or anything like that i i'm okay with that if it's the simple things it's just mm -hmm. the passionate things if i can do that man life life's gonna be good yeah. What have you been looking at as far as spring turkeys? Is that a possibility for you right now? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, to, to say that I'm going to be as mad at them as Waddell is and <laughs> do all the, the, the reaping and walking miles and miles and all. But, um, you know, definitely a ground blind, uh, you know, in some strut zones on some food plots and stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, I can sit in a blind with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is with the way like electric vehicles, you know, you know, that you could get something where it can get you around pretty quietly and, and, you know, under the cover of darkness, like you said, get set up in a ground blind and somebody get a decoy out there. Still yeah. very lethal, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? So oh, that, yeah, that's the good part. Yeah, no, but between, uh, you know, electric vehicles, side-by-sides, even a four-wheeler, you know, if you put put in there, or, yeah. you know, uh, the the folks from Track Chairs already reached out to me, and, you know, we've even talked about that. But um, I'd like to think that, I mean, don't get me wrong, if, if that's what it comes to, that's what it comes to, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping the prosthetic leg works out pretty good. I know that the, there are some issues with prosthetic legs, that, especially the type I'm going to have to have, it, it's a cup that goes over your stump. Mm -hmm. So you're limited at how many, how far you can walk just because of rubbing blisters on there. And yeah. if you can't have blisters, you can't have infections on there. So, you know, you can only go a couple hundred, 300 yards, something like that at a time. So you don't want to rub a blister. So, uh, yeah. but Hey, that's enough. That's enough. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly that's enough. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, there's the, like you said, the, the 
different kind of chairs, the technology in general, I guess is what I'm saying. Like there's so many ways to get people outdoors and you've been a champion yeah. of the outdoors for so long. I mean, I think about all the whitetails and limited banquets you've done in the past and all the, you know, events that bone collectors in general do and the way you guys give back and, and kind of, I always say, I've said it for years that you guys are like going on tour, the amount of people that you've met and, and, and lives you've touched. Like now it's a chance for, you know, people to kind of give back and, you know, and, and help out where you might need help and all that goodwill kind of comes back at, at you. And you saw it, of course, with the way social media and the love, but that's not just, I don't think it's just people flexing on social mm. media and trying to be in the moment either. I feel like there's a genuine love for you that, you, you know, if there's, there's a need out there or if there's something you can do or, you know, somebody's going to help you where they can help you. But the other way to look at it is now you're an, a new advocate. You've been an advocate for hunting for so long. Now you're a new advocate for, you know, quote unquote disabled folks. And you know, the attitude that you have is I can do anything that I used to do. Maybe not to the extent, but I'm going to yeah. still go do the things I love to do. And that's a very yeah. powerful message for a lot of people that might not have the same heart or will or desire, but they see you do it. And it's like, you know what? All right, I'm going to mm -hmm. try it, you know, and that, that's pretty certainly. powerful. Certainly. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to be me and, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a blessing that, you know, hopefully it will, um, you know, help somebody to, to maybe inspire them to do something as, as the same. Cause man, you think about, I mean, I, I say this a thousand times and, and we all think this, but no matter how bad you got it, somebody's got it worse. Somebody has always got it worse. And then in the scheme of things, do I do me thinking of me? Cause that's all I can control. I have no reason to bitch about anything. Cause if I don't kill another cockroach in my life, I have honestly way outlived my dreams when I was an 18, 19 year old boy that didn't have two nickels to rub together. Mm -hmm. I have been blessed beyond. I mean, and I'm saying this long before any cancer come in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel that way. And I, and honestly, me and Waddell talk about it all the time about plan B, meaning like, I ah, they're probably going to cancel our show next year. And I guess I'll, I guess I, hopefully somebody will hire me to fletch Maras and, what else like yeah maybe i mean i guess i can i can hang some sheetrock with dad you know, <laughs> build, you know, build a few houses i think it's good that people have that that mentality and, and yeah. stuff so man i am so so blessed and if you wake up every day knowing that man you've had a blessed life and then it's so short you think that living 70 80 90 years is long it ain't it ain't that long at all so pursue your passions be extremely happy and and you know, count your blessings, Lord. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I'm going to still do things cause I love to do them. But like, like I just said, you know, I'm reiterating what I just said. If I don't kill another cockroach, man, I have, man, I have, I've way outlived my dreams. I'm so blessed. Hmm. One of the amazing things to me in this, in this entire story is this started with a tick bite and yeah. You did something that a lot of guys, like guys in particular, are not great about seeing their doctors, yeah. getting things checked on. Oh, it'll fix itself. But you were you were dogged mm. on it. Like you stayed on it. You stayed on top of it. And who knows where it could have yeah. gone had you not been proactive with it. It saved his life. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, and I guess I got, see, I got diagnosed with alpha-gal syndrome back in April which the Lone Star tick, if you get bit by that, you can't eat red meat. You can't uh, commercialize red meat. 
lot of there's a lot of forums that say you can you can't eat any red meat but i think there's different honestly when i got diagnosed it was strong it was my numbers were really strong and my doctor said you you got it you don't need to eat no more red meat fish and chicken and uh you know you can eat deer and elk that's it wow so i did that for three months i I did that for three months which led up to july Mm -hmm. so my my i was already focused in on ticks Mm -hmm. you know i'm like you know, no offense, those bastards. Those yeah. damn ticks are bastards. Yeah. So I was like, man, I can't even eat a hamburger anymore, and you know anything like that. But I, I, I tried it, and and I, I don't have any symptoms show up. You know, a lot Good. of people eat it, they get deathly sick. But mm-hmm. I think I'm asymptomatic, meaning I'm a carrier of it. Actually, they tested me this fall. I still have alpha gal syndrome, hmm. but I can eat a steak. It doesn't bother me at this point in time. I can eat mm-hmm. red meat, and it doesn't bother me. But mm-hmm. I am a carrier of the alpha gal syndrome, so. I was kind of tuned in on ticks and how how crappy they are, but yeah. Um, well, anyway, thing. and and that's from the Lone Star tick, mainly in the southeast. But you know, um, my doctor was telling me that just about everybody that works for the power company or anything like that that comes into his office, yeah, you know, fifty percent of the people are, are alpha gal. We're seeing an yes. outbreak like no other down here in the southeast. Huh? Do you guys use permanone yeah. when you go out in the woods? Um, not, not as much as we should, you know, mm-hmm. off season and stuff, you know, probably should use it during hunting, but you know how we're all trying to stay scent free or what have you. Yeah. So we don't normally use it, but, uh, in the spring, yeah, you know, turkey hunting and shed hunting when you can remember, but, but, uh, not as much as we should, cause it's kind of catch 22. It's like, man, this stuff's probably causing cancer yeah. and I'm on my, my boots and my uh, you know, my leggings and things like that. And it's getting on my skin, even though you're not supposed to put mm-hmm. it on your skin. Do I avoid a tick or do I just inundate myself with all kinds of chemicals that potentially could be harmful down the road? So it's like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a dark, I mean, for those ticks, is it like, how long are they dormant down there? Cause I, I know like for dad's uh four manager, he's been shed hunting and they were over in Illinois and he already found a tick, you know, and it's been pretty cool minus the last few days here it's been pretty cold the last couple months it's like all right do they go dormant down in the southeast when it's relatively warm all year round no i don't think they do i mean there are some times that i mean that you may not see them but we we find ticks all the time Mm. i mean you you may not see as many they may slow down a little bit but to say that it's like hey you're safe to go out there's no ticks in the month of january no we i mean uh, my buddy Brian, he found two on him yesterday. Mm. No, no, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're here, man. Every yeah. time I see someone sling a deer up over their shoulders and walk out of the woods, like he, man, I'm just thinking Dumb. all those ticks are jumping ship off that dead body yeah. and they on, are your, on your shoulders. Yeah. Gross. I, don't think, I think there's some people's DNA or blood type or, or something that attracts them more than others. Because I, I've noticed a lot of people, but, you know, we call them seed ticks or, you know, small deer ticks. Yeah. I see some people that just get, we can be side by side and they're infested with them. And I might have three on me, and but yet they have 40 on them. Yeah. Same thing and, with mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mm-hmm. think mosquitoes are the same way because I, I really don't get bothered by mosquitoes too much. I mean, I do get bit, but like my son, it's like he's, he's got grape jelly all over him there. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Come fishing with me, son. You stand right there. I'll stand right here. 
right. Well, T Bone, we want to. So on the podcast, we answer a question from you know from a, a, a fan submit a question every day. You got a little bit a little bit more time for us? Absolutely, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it here. The question of the day is probably brought to you by Sportsman's Channel, your home for Winchester and Drury's Natural Born and everything red, wild, and blue. This is from Cole. So I'm 12. I'm still trying to get my first deer. What should I go for? A buck or a doe? Or the first thing that walks in front of me? <laughs> All right, T-Bone. You got a tough one here today. What should we do with poor Cole here? That's absolutely simple. Um, you know, for, for 12 years old, I know if I put myself in his shoes when I was 12 years old, I'm like first one that comes out. If it's legal to shoot it, let, let it have it, son. Taste some blood. Get one under your belt. Um, don't feel like because you're watching TV and, and, and the, the entertainment you see on TV that you have to live up to those standards, man. If it's, if it's legal and it trips your trigger, we're all for patting you on the back, man. You, you, you kill a, a slick head and we'll, we'll throw you on our shoulders and parade you around town. So you help fill the freezer for your family and you just enjoy that first kill, buddy. Well said. I know. And, and that's the funny thing. It's like if you you mentioned TV, it's like the, the guys that are killing and gals that are killing these big deer, they all started somewhere. And I know mm-hmm. we got some video covers of Mark and Terry with 100 inchers that were cover bucks, you know, yes. from the the early 90s. And hell, I hunted, I think it was 15 till I killed my first deer and i would have loved to have shot a doe we couldn't get one in front of me so it's it's definitely a matter of hey if it's if it's legal and it's in front of you and you can you have a good ethical shot you know you gotta you gotta start somewhere yeah and and there's there's actually i think you can do some harm if you are young and shoot a really big deer like (laughs) it changes your mindset i think as a kid in terms of what you expect and yeah and then like maybe next year you shoot a smaller buck and you're ashamed of it or something just all those kind of negatives that don't need to be a part of hunting exactly yeah yeah yeah. just shoot what makes you happy that's right as long as it's legal it's yeah like you said it's the if you kill a big buck when you're really really young it's like your first football game's a super bowl you know where do we go from here but um you know if if you take it in stride you know and just understand that it was a you know uh luck is a big thing that's involved with it with with hunting and um you know you you can't watch you know it's almost like watching football on tv it's like well you know what I, i i can't throw the ball 60 yards like brady and hit somebody that good. So I'm not even going to play football. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can't think that way. I mean, you're watching it because you're watching hunting shows because it's the ultimate of outdoor entertainment. You just got to look at it that way. It's not like these guys that we are are on TV are pro hunters, which I hate that. Yeah. We're just outdoor entertainers. We're just bringing you. Surely we should be able to kill bigger deer because we're spending way more time in the woods. Who am I? Who are we to tell a 12 year old that's only probably getting to hunt one, maybe two days a week during the small sendo season. If that, yeah, to not got to hold out for a 12 pointer, dude. No, I ain't doing that. Yeah, Stop we that don't be. I referenced that that deer that my son named General Sausage. He's a young, is young, th- you know, three, might be a two and a half, three year old buck. And uh, yeah, I thought to myself because th- the farm I just purchased, it doesn't have a lot, a lot on it right now. It just kind of was mismanaged the last few years, but it's got great potential. And I thought to myself, like, hey, if he actually wants to go hunt, whenever he's, wa- if he wants to go hunt you know, this year, like mm-hmm. anything's on the table, yeah, <laughs> like 100%. anything's on the table. I, I, you know, I, I always kind of cringe when I see. I, some kids out there, 
they want to hold out, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they're very much a part of like hunting with their mom or dad and, and the management and they, they get it and they want to hold out. But, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I always kind of cringe when I see it because it's just like, eh, is it ruining it for them? And, and it's, you hear dads a lot of the time say, Hey, it's your choice. Shoot whatever you want. Right. And, and you'll hear a kid say, yeah, I, I think I want a bigger one. And I, I always hate it because that's something that they've learned by probably watching a lot of this stuff and social mm-hmm. media and TV. And we're obviously a, a part of that. And it's just like, man, no, just shoot it, shoot whatever makes you happy. Uh, so I, I think about that often. It's like, all right, whenever Cameron's ready and <laughs> let's ha- let it have it, <laughs> whatever it is. Well, so oh, sorry, go ahead. T-bone. No, I just was saying, yeah, you're exactly right. I was going to say while I'm thinking about it, congratulations on that farm. You know, what what little bit I've seen of it, you know, what you posted, it looks like a a, 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 a heaven, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah so congratulations. Thank you. I, that's one. That's the interesting part about owning your own dirt. It's it could be this particular piece is 102 acres. It could have been two acres, and it would have been heaven, mm-hmm. right? Because it's mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yep. Well, uh, let's hop into our wildlife word. All right. T-Bone, just be prepared because your mind's about to be blown by Tim's wildlife word of the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Batting down the hatches. The wildlife word is brought to you by Tracker Off-Road. Clean and silent with plenty of power and no exhaust. Get your gobbler this spring with the stealth of an all-electric Tracker EV unit. Woo-wee. When a species is sexually dimorphous. Uh-oh. Careful, Matt. What does that mean? I don't know. Sexually dimorphous? Does it mean A, that males and females are indistinguishable from each other? Or B, that males and females look markedly different from one another? Or C, a species' breeding behaviors are disgusting and observe no standards? (laughs) Or D, you're not old enough to understand yet? I think D. (laughs) T-Bone, what do you got here? Golly, I was... I answered the other one. I was going to let you answer this okay. one. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. I think it's a, a male and female are indistinguishable from each other. Okay. What is so it? Matt's going a. It's B. Dang it. <laughs> that males and females look markedly different. For like like a mallard, you know, like yeah. the, the male is very different looking than a female. Yeah. Well, thanks for making me look stupid, Tim. My job here is done. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. It was me. I knew it. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's why I always let the guests go first because I always say yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. He stole your. He stole your bit. That's right. T-bone. <laughs> I'll let him slide. I guess. <laughs> well, we got some new Rack Pack members. All right. Well, T-bone. So we we got this private Facebook group called the Rack Pack. Terry named it. It, and it's just basically people that listen to the podcast and, and enjoy a good time, you know, talking about hunting, you know, talking about their experiences outdoors. You just go to Facebook, you type in Dre Outdoors, uh, 100% Wild. I wanted to name it the Bone Collectors, and for some reason <laughs> it, was it wasn't going to fly. <laughs> it was trademarked. <laughs> so anyways, we always uh, give a shout out to the new members uh, each podcast, and Tim always throws in a fake name. I have to... Uh, butcher a name to figure out which one it is so we got ralph reynolds lucas ho andrew bennett that's not the fake one because i know him tommy perry bing dinglesworth (laughs) will bowen force creek podcast i'm gonna go with bing dinglesworth as the fake name 
Me too. <laughs> it was Andrew Bennett. Ah, oh, shit. No one's ever had that name. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Guy I, know. I think he spells it differently. Oh. I think he's got three N's. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then um, Nick uh, or Nathan Jacken over Jacqueline. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Over on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and he says, Nifop. This is an inside joke. It stands for Not Your Favorite Outdoor Podcast, which we carry that badge quite uh, with, with pride. He says, I can't stress enough that uh, this is not your favorite outdoor podcast. Don't listen to it. You will become addicted to it, and you'll be begging Matt and Tim for more episodes. Again, this is not your favorite outdoor podcast. So Nathan's trying to keep it the best-kept secret Seems like in he's outdoors. Trying to pull, yeah, like a Jedi mind it's trick. It's the opposite of Michael Waddell's podcast. <laughs> Where people listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> All right. Well, T-Bone, do you have any parting uh, messages for, for those that are still listening? Man, I, I, I just thanks for thanks for all the outpouring. I mean, I, you know, if you follow me on social media, you know, I definitely uh, try to read each comment. I thank you so much for everybody's continued support, prayers, and thoughts, because I, I certainly can feel them. And, uh, hey, we're just being patient over here. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be – it's going to be an interesting next month or two, and then certainly over the next six months. But I kind of look at it like this: if if we're going to do this, it's the perfect time to do it and be geared up, ready to roll, August, September, and you know, uh, get my legs back under me, so to speak. <laughs> I love it. Well, I know you got, like I said, an army of people behind you, man. We love you, and that's a real we love you. you, you nobody better in the industry, and uh, we just anything you need from us, you know, you got it. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you guys and I uh, appreciate everybody reaching out. You know, it's, you know, everybody says, Hey, I don't want to bother you, but you got problems when nobody wants to talk to you. So I, I you know, never feel like nobody can reach out and, and, and say, Hey, and stuff. It's always uplifting. So thanks again to everybody and appreciate you guys having me on always. Y'all keep up the great work. Y'all are doing a fantastic job over there. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you for sharing your story with us. No, no, not a problem at all. All right. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. All right. Until next time, count your blessings. Peace out. T-Bone. Temperatures are going to be dropping. Perfect conditions for the skinny feet. Got to focus on those afternoon hunts. Northwest Tree Stand, 5 p.m. It's the easiest decision you'll make this season. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.